Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Rams went all in and got a ring. Will this Super Bowl appearance turn out to be a fluke for the Bengals? Plus, how did the big names for the Rams come through in the clutch? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The all-in L.A. Rams are your world champions. They come back to beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20. to Cooper Cup is your MVP. Joining me now from Locked on Rams, Travis Rogers. And Travis, there was a lot of pressure on this season in particular because of all the financial machinations that this team went through, all the draft capital they gave up to get to this point. But they did it. So, to what degree do you think the process is validated here? Well, I think the process was still entirely up in the air with about six and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I think that you know I'm getting ready to figure out what I'm going to say on Locked on Rams, and, and the answer we didn't know. You know, had, had Cooper Cup not caught that pass, had Matthew Stafford not gotten going, had Aaron Donald not done what Aaron Donald does on those last couple of plays, it wouldn't have been validated. You know, as close as they got, had they come up a little short, this wasn't to get close. This was to win the Super Bowl. And they did it. And you don't see big bets pay off like that all that often. And the Rams were incredibly bold just a little over a year ago when they went and made that deal for Matthew Stafford. And Les, uh, Les Snead famously said, you know, forget those picks. He put it a little differently than that. But uh, it, it all paid off. And, you know, eventually, uh, I guess you're going to have to draft somebody. But at, at least for right now, it was worth every last draft pick they sent going back the other way. There is certainly a lot of credit to go around. What I think is interesting, though, we, we talk about all the big moves they made, the Matthew Stafford trade, the Jalen Ramsey trade, the Von Miller trade. In this game, it was Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup who made the biggest difference, two guys that this team drafted. So where where do you think the most credit needs to go when it comes to celebrating the reason the Rams are now world champs? I don't know if it goes to one person in particular, Peter. I really do think it was an organizational effort. Like you just pointed out, the two guys, you know, Cooper Cup's the MVP. He's a drafted player. Aaron Donald is a drafted player. But you look around the rest of that team, whether it's Matthew Stafford coming from Detroit, Andrew Whitworth five years ago coming from Cincinnati, Jalen Ramsey from Jacksonville, and really a lot of these guys come from Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham Jr., it really is across the board because I think if any of those guys were gone for any particular period of time or if any of those guys don't perform at the level that they performed, not just uh, on Sunday night in the Super Bowl, but through the entire careers in Los Angeles or the short periods of time they've been here like Miller and Beckham, I don't think they're there. You know, Cooper Cup just was transcendent. I mean, he has the triple crown during the regular season. He wins the Offensive Player of the Year. He gets an MVP vote and then to throw a Super Bowl MVP on top of that is almost surreal. It's a story that uh, you, you almost wouldn't even believe. So I guess you had to pick one guy, maybe it's him, but I think it was a complete organizational victory across the board. For me, Sean McVay had the most pressure on him coming into this game, but also potentially the most to gain. So whose legacy was most helped by this win? 
I honestly think it was Matthew Stafford's. I, I think we were, we were talking about this a little bit on the postgame show that Matthew Stafford spent 12 years in Detroit, and you know we know we know what the Lions are about, and it's not about winning, it's not about going to the playoffs, it's not about competing for a, a Super Bowl championship. And there was always that question, you know, what would he be if he weren't in Detroit? What, what, you know, would he be a guy that puts up a bunch of big numbers, or would he be the guy that goes out and wins a bunch of games and is the reason they win big games? Well. He gets out of Detroit at the end of last season, and he's one for one. You know, once the, the, the lion stink had gotten off of him, he's one for one. That's a pretty good batting average. I don't know if anybody can do it in Detroit, and he, he made it very clear. It wasn't him in Detroit that was the issue. It's everything that was going on there. And now he's not just a guy that puts up a bunch of big numbers and make Pro Bowls. He's a Super Bowl champion quarterback for the rest of his life. And the second he got on a team that gave him the pieces he needed around him, he cashed his ticket. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Coming up, will this Super Bowl end up looking like a fluke for the Bengals? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Both Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford had moments where they looked like they might not return to the game. Each hit hard and limped off the field. What is the status of Joe Burrow now? Joe, when you were hopping off the field on one leg at really not much medical attention on the sideline you kind of just went about your business were you just pushing it aside saying i'm not dealing with this right now yeah we were we'd get checked out after the game when we get back to cincinnati but i wasn't coming out bengals fans may feel like the officiating down the stretch did not match the rest of the game after a key defensive penalty gave the rams new life leading to their scoring the go-ahead touchdown after the game bengals head coach zach taylor spoke about the officiating it's tough. I, I thought it was a, a really well-officiated game, to be quite honest with you. And, and sometimes it comes down to moments like those. Um, I don't have a great look at it, but, but I thought the officials did a nice job. Free agent running back Adrian Peterson was arrested Sunday morning at L.A. International Airport in connection with what airport officials said was domestic violence. According to Los Angeles Airport Police, they received a call about possible domestic violence on board an aircraft bound for Houston and responded to a verbal and physical altercation between a male suspect and a female victim. A representative for Peterson and his wife Ashley said in a statement that the two had a verbal argument on the flight. Peterson grabbed her wedding ring and scratched her finger, a source close to Peterson said, and the plane then returned to the gate. The source said Ashley Peterson was not going to press charges. Adrian Peterson was charged with felony child abuse in 2014 for using a switch to spank his then four-year-old son, which resulted in cuts and bruises all over his body. Just two and a half months after becoming a U.S. citizen, Kaylee Humphreys won the gold medal in monobob at the Beijing Olympics on Monday. It's her third overall following the golds she won in two-man in 2014 and 2010 when she was representing Canada. I want to give back to a country that has adopted me and that has given me a longer career and has given me a safe place in order to compete, Humphrey said Sunday after she'd taken an insurmountable lead with her first two runs. I'm very honored that the USA has backed me the way that it has. Wow. Even Olympians searching for a better life in the U.S. What a story. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your basketball action this season. Here's a few lines for Bet Online's NBA slate tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks are facing off against the Portland Trailblazers without CJ McCollum, whom they traded to the Pelicans. And the line shows it. Milwaukee favored by 15 and a half 
Good grief. The Pelicans, who got C.J. McCollum, face the Toronto Raptors. And even with their new piece, the bet online for this game, the bet online line for this game is Toronto giving five and a half. Another NBA game on the slate for tonight. Bulls hosting the San Antonio Spurs. Bet online likes the Bulls by six. For all your sports news and scores, Bet Online has you covered. Bet Online, where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. From the ecstasy with the Rams to the agony with the Cincinnati Bengals, when they took the lead to open the second half, it looked like it might be their day. They come up short at the end. Some questionable calls from the officials, some questionable calls from Zach Taylor, and some questionable blocking. Uh, to uh, to not play offense, really, in the second half. Joining me now from Locked on Bengals, Jake Lisko. Jake, to what do you assign most of the blame for this game? I would say they couldn't play offense in the second I mean, they could barely play offense in the first half, but they, <laughs> they couldn't play offense in the second half. They actually, like, survived the first half somewhat in terms of protecting Joe Burrow. The pressure rate wasn't enormous. There was a lot of quick game. I was surprised there wasn't very much screen game from the Bengals. I thought that would be a way to attack this Rams defense, the way they've defended the screen this year. They maybe called one sort of screen in the second half that I recall. And, you know, in the second half, it was, it was just relentless pressure. And, and at times, Burrow took sacks I didn't think he necessarily should have taken and was a little bit slow to process. In other cases, you know, it was just bad offensive line play. But you look at Burrow's passing chart for the game. Were there any intermediate throws? It's all like vertical stuff, three-step drop, vertical shot. It's all quick game, right? And that doesn't, to me, qualify as running offense. And when that's what you're doing in the Super Bowl, you got some things to fix. As we look forward here, are there things you can point to and go, okay, these are things that were in this game that were endemic of bigger issues for this team that if they want to win a Super Bowl, they need to fix moving forward? Yeah, I mean, obviously it starts with the offensive line. They they need to improve it right guard and right tackle. Obviously, Aaron Donald is a great yeah. player. He is what he Pretty is. Good. And and nobody's going to lock him up for an entire game. But the second half, and even in the first half at times, like Aaron Donald was at Joe Burrow's feet as he finished a three-step drop. And if you can't block a three-step drop, which is, in my opinion, been too frequent for the Bengals in these playoffs, even though they're winning, you have a very clear area to target to fix. In my opinion, they also need to improve the pass rush. It, it disappeared for way too long in this game. Matt Stafford was very comfortable in the pocket. He even turned the ball over twice. And I think the Bengals scored three points off of those interceptions. You, you got to do better than that. And, and that goes back to the offensive line. But adding a pass rusher seems like a priority for this team. And, uh, you know, for, for as well as Eli Apple played for this team for much of the year, he's getting picked on. I mean, he's getting roasted on Twitter tonight, as far as I can tell. So, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking for a, a corner outside for the Bengals to pair with, uh, with Chidobe Awuzie as well. If if you're looking for areas to target in the offseason. Uh, the 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 simplest way I can phrase this is, given the way this team looks and and what the AFC looks like in five maybe ten years, how fluky do you think this? appearance in the Super Bowl will look for Cincinnati? It, uh, to me, that entirely comes down to the front office. Does the front office commit to win with Joe Burrow? You've got a quarterback and a core that to me is good enough to get you there. 
the the Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, the the guys they have on defense with Jesse Bates, the free agents they brought in, they they still have like four years there, three years on a lot of those contracts. There's at least a couple year window here where you have sixty million dollars going into this free agency period coming up in a few weeks here. You can make some targeted acquisitions to patch some holes. You have seven, probably eight draft picks. I think they'll get a, a comp pick for Carl Lawson. Uh, I think it works out that way. So is it necessarily fluky? I think only time tells, right? I think we're going to see what this front office does. If, if they've truly changed their stripes, if the last two seasons of free agency spending isn't an anomaly, then this could be the start of something. The AFC, though, very tough. You're right about that. And the, the front office will have to remain aggressive in free agency to fix problems. And they'll have to hit. And they did hit last year. They have to keep it up. Coming up, how did the big names for the Rams come through in the clutch? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And you probably went pretty hard at your Super Bowl party on Sunday. I know I did pizza, wings, fries, boneless wings, bone-in wings, um, other, other starters. We had mac and cheese bites. This week, maybe you want to eat a little healthier. Maybe you want to, you know, put some better stuff in your body. But you still want to eat things that taste great. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar, they're all covered in 100% chocolate, yet they're low-calorie, high-protein. They're, they're low in net carbs, low in sugar. They're delicious, but they're still fuel for your body. And when you go to built.com, you get 15% off when you use the promo code LOCKED15. 15% off at built.com with the promo code LOCKED15. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Rams didn't shy away from throwing all their chips in for the season, and on the biggest stage, their stars shined. Former Super Bowl champion and Locked On NFL insider Isaiah Stanback joined Locked On's Kanani Stevens to discuss. You've been saying it, Isaiah, all year long. The Rams were built for this game, built for this season, this one year alone, and they got the job done. Yeah, they were all in. You know, all the chips were on the table. They knew that they didn't have an opportunity to wait until the next year or years down the down the road. Um, this was their opportunity. You know, it seemed to work out perfectly. Everything from the halftime show to everything being in L.A. to Von Miller, Odell Beckham, Aaron Donald, you know, Ramsey, all their big dogs being ready and healthy for this game. Seemingly everything was ready for these guys to go out there and take the W just like they did today. Uh, congratulations to these guys in the Super Bowl championship. I hope they got a sneak peek of that halftime show because it got me hyped. So they really came out ready to play in the second half of this game. It was close. It was back and forth throughout the entire game. Obviously, Cincinnati's been yeah. doing something all year long with Joe Burrow, kind of just making something out of nothing. But this Rams defense came at him, and he came at him late. Aaron Donald getting that sack to end the game effectively. Um, what were you able to see from the big names on this roster for the Rams come through in the clutch? 
Well, we saw originally from the, from the opening drive, you saw Odell Beckham and the effect that he had on this offense. Obviously, when he came in this year after being released from the Cleveland Browns, uh, there was a lot of skepticism in terms of what, what he was going to bring to this team. Um, when you throw him in the mix with Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson, and all of a sudden you have a trio that's pretty doggone dominant. Uh, you went down there on that first drive, and you saw exactly what he was able to do. Before his injury, uh, he went out there, and he had, I think, four for 50, sorry, two for 52 yards and a, and a touchdown. And he did a great job uh, working his way down the field. Uh, obviously, he was a, he was able to take coverage away from Cooper Cup, uh, which was obviously obviously awesome for those guys. Uh, Stafford found him in the corner of the end zone on a crossing route a couple of times. Found him in the corner of the end zone on a man-to-man coverage, which Cincinnati wasn't doing prior to that play. But they caught those guys slipping, made a big play. Unfortunately, he went down later on in the game uh, with an injury uh, to to that same knee that he sustained uh, ACL surgery on a couple years prior. Um, hopefully he's okay, but that was a big blow to these guys as they were not able to have an effective running game. Um, but late in the game, they were able to find Cooper Cup and find their main guy, the, lead, the league's leading receiver in yards and catches and touchdowns and everything, every other stat that goes along with a receiver. Um, and obviously he came through big like you always expect for him to. Cup uh, eventually named the MVP with his two touchdowns in this game. And you mentioned that last drive. There really weren't a lot of options because the running game was non-existent throughout no. this game. OBJ's out with, with the knee injury. And it was just Stafford to Cup, Stafford to Cup. And it was like it was almost like Cincinnati couldn't do anything at that point. A really good defense throughout the year. But at that point, there was just, what were you going to do? Yeah, it was pretty disappointing that they couldn't get a running game going, but that's just a huge testament to Cincinnati and their preparation. They they figured that they wanted to put it onto uh, Matthew Stafford's uh, shoulders, and they felt like Matthew Stafford was going to give them an opportunity to get get back in this ball game. Uh, he did take one one shot. He took a shot later on uh, later in that second half uh, to Van Jefferson and uh, got it picked off in the back left uh, left hand corner of the end zone. That was the opportunity that Cincinnati was hoping for all game by shutting down that run. Uh, unfortunately for Cincinnati. You know, they, there's a Cooper Cup on the other side of the ball. And as you mentioned, you know, obviously with no Higby, no Odell Beckham, he becomes the one-man show. And he went down there and took care of business. Um, you know, Cincinnati, testament to them, they were able to move the ball effectively on the ground and in the air. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was not effective against Jamar Chase. Uh, he, The rookie seemed to have his way against a veteran, uh, quote-unquote, uh, remake of Revis Island. And, uh, you know, they did a great job. They're a young team. These guys have a long way to go. They have a lot of pieces that they need to fill going into the next year. And I don't think that this is the last that you'll see of Cincinnati. It's a testament that they got there this time, but I don't think that this is the last time we'll see them in the show. For more reaction to the Rams winning the Super Bowl, subscribe to Locked On NFL on YouTube. And finally, proposing on the Jumbotron at a football game? Stale. Proposing on the field after winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. Ram safety Taylor Rapp won a Super Bowl and then got down on one knee amidst the confetti to propose to his girlfriend. Yes, she said yes. Coming up on Monday, imagine if she said no. What a kick in the teeth that would be. Coming up on Monday, a lot of futures up in the air after this Super Bowl. We'll react to all the latest. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.